Listener Production. There's a movement of conspiracy theorists called My Place who are taking some of the most dangerous beliefs on the internet and confronting local council meetings around Australia. The mayor had to call off a meeting because of the continual disruptions by people associated with My Place. They were yelling over the councillors, they were trying to make decisions leading to the public gallery being ejected from the meeting and a temporary closure of that meeting. So in this episode of The Briefing, we'll find out how far this group is going, how dangerous they are and what they believe in. So you don't believe in the Holocaust? I don't know, one way or another. How do you not know? There are a lot of people telling me that the earth is flat. The My Place Movement, that is our briefing. First, today's headlines with Katrina Blowers. It is Thursday, the 13th of April. Well, finally, Prince Harry has RSVP'd for King Charles's coronation. He's going to attend, but Meghan and their two children won't. Charles will be crowned next month at Westminster Abbey in London on May 6. So, Tom, Meghan's going to be staying in California mm. with their two children. And I guess the fact that the coronation is on Prince Archie's fourth birthday is going to come as one of the reasons why that she made that decision, but still pretty awkward. Mm, Yeah, that's not a very good excuse. I mean, clearly this says to me that Harry has not reconciled with his father and his brother, and this is the, the sort of minimum appearance that him and his family could make. I do think it, it might be a way of drawing less attention to them. I think if they all rolled in, there'd be more press coverage and more attention paid oh, to them. yeah. This would probably be the, like the path of least resistance. It's sad though, because in Harry's memoir, Spare, he made so much of the fact that Meghan and his dad had grown really close and they had a really beautiful relationship. Mm. This shows that that has soured in such a big way as well. I've also just found it really interesting that, you know, throughout the course of the whole publicity cycle for the book, we haven't heard anything from Megan. Yeah, um, true. She's been really silent. Now she won't even be visible um, at the coronation. So I, I do wonder um, what her strategy is at the moment. And after that triple Nina brought all the rain last year, the Bureau is now forecasting a 50% chance of an El Nino by August. And that would bring a lot of heat and drought. Um, there's also a warning, a smaller chance of a super El Nino, which if it does happen, can push Pacific Ocean temperatures up by two degrees. Now, this all points to a potentially catastrophic bushfire season because following the triple La Nina, um, fuel loads in the Australian bush are, are very high. Yeah, we've got to point out that it is really hard to predict these weather events this far out. They say they'll know by June much more whether or not we'll have um, an El Nino, although that is looking more likely, but in particular this super El Nino, which made me really worried when I read about it. So, yeah, it's something to take in mind there. Elon Musk has admitted running Twitter has been quite painful during an unexpected interview with the BBC. Um, I think it was something that uh, needed to be done. Um, it's said, been, you, you it's been quite you. difficult, you know. It's, it, I'd say that like, the, the pain level of Twitter has been extremely high. 
That was uh, the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX there. So he agreed to do this last-minute interview uh, at the Twitter HQ, apparently asked more questions than he answered. And when he said that it was something that needed to be done, apparently this is the first time that he's really admitted that he only bought Twitter because a judge was about to force him to. Um, so that's caused a bit of excitement there. Yeah, he also talked about how many people he's had to fire. So he said there were just under 8,000 staff members when he arrived and they are now down to 1,500. He says the company is now breaking even and that most of the advertisers have returned. But wow, it sounds, as he he acknowledged, extremely painful. And I think the future of, of Twitter still remains fairly unclear. Well, in particular, and this is what got me worried, because when he was challenged about the misinformation and hate speech on Twitter, which I've got to say is the reason I do not use the platform, he says that um, he's made you know huge inroads by deleting bots and automated accounts, and that will decrease fake news. But he says that uh, he doesn't actually trust journalists. He'd, he'd much rather put his faith in real people. And a near-complete dinosaur skull has been discovered in Queensland. So the skull was actually dug up in 2018, but they've been doing a lot of work since then uh, at Curtin University. And they've confirmed that um, the bones come from a sauropod type of dinosaur, which is a long-necked dinosaur. And this is only the fourth one to ever have been found. Yeah, so it's found in a place where they find lots and lots of these dinosaur skeletons near the outback town of Winton. I guess what's extra exciting for researchers about this is it reinforces the theory that dinosaurs used to travel between South America and Australia and they used Antarctica as a bit of a super highway. So, yeah, I, I love this stuff. I think it's so cool. All right, Katrina, we'll catch you again soon. It's time for today's briefing. As you're about to hear, the My Place movement has some very dangerous ideas and they're taking them to local council meetings, sometimes in a very intimidating way. So this movement has been revealed on national television in a great investigation by ABC journalist Emily Baker, who first broke the story on ABC 7.30. Since she did that a couple of weeks ago, there's been some very interesting developments. Emily, thank you for joining us. Where does this group My Place come from? There's a group of, I guess you would call them, independent researchers who spend a lot of time on Twitter monitoring what's loosely called the freedom movement. Uh, I follow a lot of those people on Twitter. There's a couple of women who have a podcast as well called Tinfoil Tales who'd really started highlighting the aims and movements of, of this group and that's when I decided to start looking into it as well. Okay, so where did this My Place movement begin? So everyone remembers the big freedom protests freedom protests. Oh, these are the ones in Melbourne where they had the gallows outside Parliament, really extreme. Exactly right. My Place has a lot of the same kind of people who are involved in in that movement. Darren Bergwerf, who's its leader, was right up there with with the protests, Mm. spent 13 hours a day on the internet by his own admission during the lockdowns and decided to start building a community originally for people opposed to COVID mandates, so the vaccine and the lockdowns, but it's really now evolved. Okay, so it's now a a movement largely existing in Telegram, an encrypted messaging app. He's built communities around Australia with not just COVID 
you know, mandate conspiracies, but a whole range of conspiracies. It's a really interesting mix of, of people. Uh, it's kind of that Venn diagram of, of, you know, alternative wellness people mm. and then people opposed to COVID mandates and lockdowns and then basically take your pick of any conspiracy theory or, you know, serious kind of misinformation that we've seen on social media in the last five years. We tick the boxes. We've got the sovereign citizens, anti-5G. Yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, there's big pedophile ring in our parliament, that there's a global elite that control all the decisions that, that you and I make that have this ultimate plan. To... So QAnon-type beliefs? Yeah, similar to QAnon beliefs. There's definitely people who subscribe to QAnon beliefs specifically. It's seriously just this grab bag of conspiracies. Okay, so how big is this movement? Is there a way of ascertaining that? So one of the um, Tinfoil Tales podcasters has been tracking the online membership of, of my place in particular. Uh, it's got over 21,000 online members. Some of that will be a double up between different groups because mm-hmm. each um, branch has its own Facebook page. But her estimation is around at least fifteen to 16,000 people involved across five different states, um, mostly concentrated in Victoria. There are lots of communities that share a lot of those beliefs. What really sets my place apart, as your report uh, demonstrated, is, is this real intention to influence local councils, which is a a new element here. So tell us about this this strategy to disrupt local council. So each My Place branch is given, you know, 11 different groups that they should follow. One of them is is a council action group from memory. It might be community action group. Basically, they're encouraged to go to their local council meetings, observe, make sure the councillors know that they're there and they're being watched to ask questions during public question time on, again, this this wide spectrum of beliefs. So 5G in particular comes up a lot, vaccines, whatever it may be. Their ultimate aim is to establish constant control that's actually written in their framework over council decisions. I guess that's a tactic in a way. What's the long-term strategy or goal here? It's kind of going down the rabbit hole, realising everything's a lie, everything we've been taught is a lie. They believe that they're part of that great awakening, that there'll be something, I guess, akin to the rapture where everyone kind of realises that society is, is corrupt and needs to Completely gone. change, a complete totally. revolution? Yep. Overthrow the government? And what are we talking about here? So they say that they will not be part of that, but what they're doing is building infrastructure in the background so that when society collapses, that they're ready to go again, that they'll have their own food structures, um, their own version of government, um, their own, you know, you name it they'll be ready to go and help us all when society as we know it collapses. Wow. Okay, so they're actually already using these tactics. So they've disrupted a number of local council meetings. How bad has it got? And where has this happened? We've seen it, um, Frankston Council in particular, that was kind of the starting point because Darren has his headquarters, you know, literal physical building headquarters in Frankston. There's Yarra Rangers. So in Yarra Rangers, they had to shut down a meeting? That's right. So at the end of January, the mayor had to call off a meeting because of the continual disruptions by um, people associated with my place. They were yelling over the councillors. They were trying to make decisions leading to the public gallery being ejected from the meeting and a temporary closure of that meeting. We've seen uh, in Cessnock, so in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, you know, their most recent meeting was totally derailed. About, I think, more than 100 people showed up to um, listen to a councillor who is associated with my place, kind of promote um, a conspiracy theory around 15-minute and smart Mm. cities. And, you know, when I spoke to the mayor of Cessnock, he said that one of his female members 
was actually looking for an exit in case this quite rowdy crowd turned violent. That was the level of, of fear and intimidation among the councillors at that meeting. Okay, and in Frankston, where you travelled for your story, the My Place movement has set up their own council. They see themselves as the real council of Frankston. Exactly right. They believe that the current council is fraudulent, it's illegitimate, has no power. Darren has announced himself, or he says he was elected by his friends, um, the mayor of the People's Council of, of Frankston. He says that they've got about 300 members. Darren's not doing roads, rates and rubbish. Um, they're putting out a local newsletter you know, every few weeks apparently. To, About pedophiles, 5G, yeah, all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly right, to contribute to this great awakening that he needs to help everyone else wake up. You went to Frankston to meet these people. You went to one of their events. Tell us about it. Uh, it was really interesting. Um, I love a, a crystal and organic produce as much as the next 30-year-old girl. <laughs> so it's like a market store. It's a basically. market. It's a yeah. farmer's market and it looks totally ordinary. It looks like most other markets. There were vegan pies, there's crystals, there's yeah, fresh produce, whatever, normal Sunday market. Mm. And then you notice the red ensign, the red flag, which indicates that this group has some sovereign citizen ideologies. And then you look around a little bit more, there's a lot of anti-5G posters. There's a stall for people who want to learn how to homeschool their children in, in the similar kind of vein of beliefs. Everyone was super friendly, but underneath it all, there are clearly some some quite radical alternative viewpoints. Mm. And so at this market, you sit down with Darren Bergwolf, who's the founder and leader of this My Place movement, and you have what becomes a very bizarre conversation. Initially, he sets out this range of conspiracies, which are quite challenging to pick apart. And then you get onto the subject of the Holocaust. Tell me how you even got to that. So back to these kind of independent researchers had been speaking to them ahead of the interview and they pointed to this anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, this video that Darren had shared in one of the My Place Telegram channels. I watched that before our interview. Uh, it was extremely offensive, talked about the fabricated Holocaust. So when I sat down with Darren, I asked him whether he believed the theories in this video, the conspiracy theories in this video. And noting that the day I met Darren was the day after the neo-Nazis had stood on the steps of Victorian Parliament. You know, this is serious stuff. Mm. Darren became quite defensive. Okay, well, let's have a listen to that exchange. Do you believe that was fabricated? I have no idea. I have what no do you idea. mean? It's an established fact of history. It was Look, an abhorrent event. There were, I think you'll find over the next um, uh, six months, there's a lot of so-called established facts of history. So you don't believe be in the Holocaust? I don't know, one way or another. How do you there not know? There are a lot of people there telling are... me that the earth is flat. Right. Do you and believe that? <laughs> I don't believe. I've, at the moment, the, what, with what I've learned over the last twelve months, nothing's out of the out of the scope. No, I mean, that, that is a that is a tremendously offensive view to. to well, no, I'm not believe. offending anybody. You are offending people. You're no, offending Jewish people by saying that the Holocaust didn't happen. I'm not, I'm not saying that it didn't happen. Then what are you saying? You just said that. I said that there are a lot of things in the world that we'll find out more and more about over the next six months. So you think there's a question mark over the Holocaust? There's a question mark over a lot of things, a lot of things. That was just such an interesting exchange and and when I saw that I was very impressed by the way you handled it. You called him to account and you revealed how ignorant he was. Yeah, I'd spent a lot of time with the 7.30 host Sarah Ferguson the day before kind of strategising where to go with this interview. You knew it was coming. 
I knew it was coming, but I, well, you you don't you don't know what to expect with with people, and I knew that Darren would be on his his best behaviour that day. He'd already put a note out to all the My Place members saying the ABC is coming. You know, everyone um, look happy, and we'll be promoting our group. So he walked back from some of his views during the interview, but this one he really doubled down on. Mm. Um, and I mean, look, it's it's pretty easy to combat this kind of. Mm. view. It's incredibly offensive. Mm. Um, the Holocaust happened. You know, it seems mm. crazy to even have to say that. So he ended up apologising for what he said to you in that interview. Just over the weekend, he released this video. I just had done this video to do an informal apology and to say uh, sorry to the uh, survivors and the families of the survivors of the Holocaust uh, that uh, I am not denying that took place. I do believe that it is a fact uh, that millions were murdered in Nazi Germany in the 1940s. And uh, I just wanted to clarify that, uh, you know, I do accept that that is um, part of history. So to me, that sounded like a quite a sincere apology. What did you make of it? Um, there are a few things I'd say, and I won't go to Darren's intent. It did seem a, a sincere apology, but open neo-Nazis are part of the My Place community on Telegram. They are propagating these beliefs and they are still propagating these beliefs even post that apology. The other thing I would say is that Darren received quite a bit of pressure for his Holocaust denial from some of his members after the ABC report aired. I think that he kind of realised that it's not appropriate, you know, to deny the Holocaust on national television Mm. (laughs) or ever. So I think he was he was also getting quite a bit of pressure from mm. from his community, and and rightly so. Okay, but as you say, they're still allowing neo Nazis to be part of this group and and push these views, which is one of their strategies. As you mentioned, your visit there happened a day after neo Nazis infiltrated an anti trans rally. So this is a tactic of theirs that they're clearly not alert to and not watching closely enough. And it all goes to the bigger and most important question of this whole story, which is how dangerous are these people? How much of a real threat do they pose? And you've spoken to some experts about that. The fear is from the experts I've spoken to and the conversations I've had that the the wrong person hears these messages and they decide to act on it. And what acting on it looks like, we don't know, but it, it could be terrifying. That was Emily Baker from the ABC 730 program and a great piece of reporting there from Emily. It's a bizarre story, a potentially dangerous movement and clearly people are free to hold their own fringe views, but not to intimidate local councillors or potentially uh, inspire violence. So as we discussed there, we do have security agencies that, that monitor these groups and plus people working at a local level to try and neutralise the impact on, on local councillors so they can get on with their jobs. Listener.